0: Or visit UFEOfficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's UFE Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network.
1: A mailbag edition of Talk of Champions coming up in just one minute. But first, let me tell you about the Lamar, Oxford's only traditional neighborhood. What do we know about living in Oxford right now? One, it's expensive. And two, if you live on one side of town and you want to go to the other side of town,
0: It takes an hour
1: to get through traffic. We're all jammed, packed in like sardines in this town. But have no fear. The Lamar, Oxford's only traditional neighborhood, is under construction. Brought to you by John Welty Realty. And I can already hear it. I can hear your first question. What's a traditional neighborhood? A traditional neighborhood means right where you live. A grocery store, a brewery, restaurants, shops, all within walking distance of your front door. How many times has it happened? You're trying to relax, have a nice afternoon by yourself. You open the refrigerator and immediately you get that sense of doom and gloom because you have to go to the grocery store and that means a three hour trek across town. When you live at the Lamar, their grocery store is but a quick breezy walk from your front door. But what about the houses? I walk through them. They're custom high-end spec houses. Beautiful finishes, open concept, modern two-story houses. If you're looking for a three-bedroom, a two-bedroom, a one-bedroom, you'll find a fit with any of these three spacious layouts. I myself was blown away. I told John, John, this is where I want to live. So don't delay. Get in with the Lamar right now. Build out is happening. Get your spot. Secure your place. For more information, contact John Welty at john at johnweltyrealty.com. That's john at johnweltyrealty.com. Or give him a call at 662-23-HOMES. 662-23-HOMES. And now, to Talk of Champions.
0: You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss spirit podcast with
2: Ben Garrett.
1: It's a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's David Brandt in the guest co-host chair at David Brandt AP. If you haven't already, subscribe, break, review, talk of champions on iTunes. We're also available on SoundCloud and anywhere that you get your podcast. David, what's up, man? How you doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. Anything going on right now in the summer? Sports are dead.
2: Yeah, no, this is I've always said it's weird this this like little slice of July, because obviously. Media Days has already happened. Everybody got excited about football for a couple days. And then you realize it's really about 10 days until football actually starts. So a um, little bit of a dead period, right? You know, get a couple of days of vacation out of the way and then camp starts here before we know it.
1: How was your SEC Media Days experience?
2: It was fine. It was, you know, did you one miss day- me? Of course I did. Oh, was, my you God. Know, thank you. Part, exactly. Well, part of the reason that that place is so fun, it's not to listen to coaches drone on for 30 minutes like Jeremy Pruitt putting everybody to sleep. Um, you know, it's fun because you get to see all your friends and, you know, it's kind of like a sports writer convention right there in glorious Hoover, Alabama. So, yeah, I missed you.
1: It's not the same as it used to be. We're not all there together anymore.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's not quite the same, but, you know, it's still it's still a I mean, the thing about that is it's it's turned to a little more of a made for TV event with with ESPN there, obviously. And, you know, you get some decent nuggets out of it. Again, I, I think it kind of just the best part about it is it kind of flips you, you know, into football mode and you start, you know, have you have to pull out the Phil Steele magazine, start reading through it, get the depth charts in your brain again and, and really kind of Get into that mode again.
1: Did anything in SEC Media Days jump out to you? Stand out as news. Stand out as news. When you heard it, you went, "Oh,
2: that's interesting." Um, no, honestly, not really. I mean, oh, some man. of the, you know, was there anything from? I, I guess you watched it from New Albany. Anything jump out to you?
1: No. That's why I was asking you if you were there. You were there, which you know anything. I had nothing. Nothing intrigued well, well, me. I
2: mean, There was nothing really newsy that came out of, you know, it wasn't like, uh, you know, back in the day when wasn't Phil Fulmer subpoenaed, I think my first year there or something like that. There was nothing crazy like that. Or the Hugh Freeze filibuster. Right. And and what was interesting about it is, you know, this is the first time since 2006 that there's no new head coaches. So I, I think that was one reason why there wasn't quite as much. I don't know, just intrigue surrounding it because you know what you're gonna get from all fourteen of these coaches. You know, you do miss the Spurriers, even the the Belamas was was really good. Um you know, some Jimbo Fisher's not bad. I, I think that's an interesting program just to watch. They've got a brutal schedule because they've got to play Clemson, Georgia and Alabama. Ugh. So I don't know if this is the year they really jump up. But I, I think Jimbo Fisher just doesn't lose a lot of football games. And, and I think that Texas A&M is, is going to be really hard to deal with here very soon.
1: Before we jump into the mailbag, make sure if you haven't already, go to the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com. That's the website that I write for. Read David's stuff for the Associated Press at David Brandt, AP, on Twitter. I don't know about you, but for some reason, unlike other years, I'm kind of excited for Fall Camp opening up. And Ole Miss opens Fall Camp next week. We're going to jump into the mailbag, talk of champions brought to you by BA Bank. But first, anything that you're really paying attention to, Ole Miss wise, as they prepare to open camp?
2: Well, I want to see that defense. I, I just want to see, and and you're right. I do think that the intrigue around this Ole Miss camp. If you're a real Ole Miss fan, this is one of the most fascinating one in years. Just because I, I just think there are a lot of unknowns. You've got two new coordinators. You've got basically a brand new quarterback who's talented but hasn't played a lot of football. Thrown what 22 career passes. Um, you're just. It's going to be an entirely different look these last couple years. The offense, you know, has been just full throttle as fast as you can, and the defense has struggled, and they've been a team that plays every game 57 to 52, and that's just been what they do the last four or five years. But I think it's going to be different, and I'll be interested to see how that helps the defense, if it helps it at all. Obviously, they've struggled the last couple years. I think maybe with a slightly more conventional offense that might actually be able to control the ball at times, that 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 could help the defense um that it could you know keep them off the field a little more give them a fighting chance i'm not necessarily expecting miracles but i'm expecting with the addition of mike mcintyre with a little different offense to maybe give them a breather once in a while i I just it this is going to be a different old miss team than i think we've seen in a lot of years
1: let's not delay this any longer let's jump into the modern woodman mailbag but first let me tell you real quickly about bna bank i don't know about you but i want my banking made simple and I certainly want to trust the people who've got my money. Well, if you're like me, b and Bank is where you need to go. Maybe you're a student just starting out. You don't know much about personal banking or business banking, loan services. Well, I tell you who does. b Bank, be it Mike Staton, Bo Collins, Vance Witt, my buddy Bob Spencer. These are friends of the podcast. Ole Miss fans, sure, but more importantly... They care about you. They're gonna take care of you. They're gonna make sure that your banking experience is done flawlessly, comfortably, and with trust and respect. With a five-star rating from Bauer Financial and an excellent rating from Weiss Ratings, BNA Bank is recognized as one of the strongest financial institutions in the country. But where can you find them? How about BNABank.com. Or give them a call, 662 534 8171 662 534 8171 BA's main office and two branch offices are located in New Albany, my hometown, with another branch located in Myrtle, two branches in Tupelo and Lee County, Mississippi, and one loan production office in Oxford. Where you put your money matters. And the only place to put your money, the only place that Ben Garrett puts his money, is BNA Bank. So check them out, bnabank.com, 662 534 8171. There's no other place. They've helped me, they'll help you. Tell them Ben Garrett of Talk of Champions sent you. And now, back to Talk of Champions. It's mailbag time.
0: Mail time. Mail time.
1: Oh!
2: The, the mail's here. Oh! You've got mail.
0: Special mail for you.
2: This is a letter to Hollywood saying
0: keep it up. Movies are great.
1: It's mailbag time here on Talk of Champions, the modern Woodman mailbag. A lot of questions submitted on Tuesday. I put it up 9 a.m. Give me questions for the mailbag. Ole Miss opening fall camp next week. Let's do one more. Got Derek Nix coming up on Thursday's show. Ole Miss running backs coach as well as Jake Thompson. I didn't want to get into it on this podcast, but we're going to get into it a little bit on Thursday's podcast. The murder that happened in Oxford. It's a heavy, heavy story. It's a tough story, and Jake has been doing a tremendous job covering it for the Oxford Eagle. He was on Fox News with Shepard Smith most recently. Of course, Shepard is an Ole Miss alumni. We're going to talk about that on Thursday. But for today, we're going to keep it light, answer your questions. It's mailbag time. No easy way to do it other than to just jump into it. Darby McCrane at McCrane Darby. Momo Sinogo, Lakia Henry, and Sam Williams are probably starters at the linebacker position. Who do you see being the fourth? Kadir Shepard. He's a lock, along with Williams and Sinogo. Lakia has some catching up to do before anyone can safely pencil him in as a starter. Don't discount Willie Hibbler, Jaques Jones, especially early, but they're all going to play in some capacity. Who do you see, or do you see this linebackers group being better served, not the weakness, being better served as a strength of this defense this year compared to the years previous?
2: Yeah, I think there's no question that if Ole Miss wants to take the step that it wants to take, that the linebackers have to be. And I think with Sunogo obviously kind of growing into that leadership role, putting those pieces around it. And I I just think, you know, sometimes coaching can be overrated at times. But I I think in this case, I I think Mike McIntyre is going to help. And I, I think these guys, there's just a better chance that they get everything they have out of their talent over there. And I do think there is some talent at that linebacker spot. And I think there's some experience there. So you put those two things together. And I think the linebacker group has a chance to be Pretty solid this year.
1: Chandler Grantham, at C underscore Grantham4. Who is your all-time starting five for Ole Miss basketball? Chris Warren, Tariko White, Johnny Newman has to be in there, probably a small forward. Ansu Cisse, Raheem Lockhart. Now, my sixth man is Marshall Henderson, and then Murphy, Reggie Buckner, Stephen Moody, and Gerald Glass have to be on the bench. But starting five, that's my guys anybody for you
2: you would put tariko over gerald glass i would based purely on talent i don't know man gerald glass was awfully good i mean glass played like four years in the nba tariko never cracked a roster no offense to tariko Yeah, did he play for the Cavs and for the pistons not in the regular season did he yes really yes oh well i've i slept on that then that my fault tariko um but I would put Gerald Glass over Tariqa. I would definitely have Tariqa on the bench. Um, you know, John Stroud, would you put him anywhere in there? On the bench. Yeah, he'd be on the bench. I mean, I you know, Raheem Marshall's Lockhart. the sixth
1: man. He's instant offense.
2: Well, he's, I mean, I, I love one of my favorite stories ever about Marshall. And I don't know if we've talked about this on this podcast, but we asked him, like, what NBA player do you really admire? You know, who do you want to be if you make it in the league? And he said, Jamal Crawford. And that was the most self-aware comment that I think I've ever heard a player make. You know, I mean, now Jamal Crawford is like, you know, the the 2.0 version of Marshall Henderson, but that's exactly the kind of player that Marshall was. Instant offense, could give you 35 points off the bench, might give you only two points on a bad day, but just total instant offense, you know, heat checks all over the place, it's, you know, just incredible. But that was that was one of my, my favorite things. And I think any conversation about Ole Miss basketball, he's got to be in the mix as a bench scorer.
1: He also mentioned Lou Williams. Both are perfect. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Those are those are good ones. But Chris Warren has to be my point guard. I think Chris Warren is the best point guard I ever play here.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, there's a little, I, Chris Warren was the guy who was the point guard when I broke into the beat. So I'm partial to him and I enjoy, uh, I loved watching him play such a good player. He's been a great player over in Europe for years and years. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, maybe again, recency bias. I didn't see a lot of those teams in the eighties and nineties play, but Chris Warren was really, really good. He scored a lot. If he hadn't have had that knee injury, he might've been the all-time leading scorer at, at Ole Miss.
1: He's also playing right now for a Florida team in the basketball tournament, which results in a $2 million prize for the winner. And he's wearing 69 as his number. For some reason, that's always going to be funny to me. 69 jokes will always be funny to me. (laughs) (laughs) That's who I am. I know. Yeah, I know. You know. Blake McMinn, at Blake underscore McMinn. Did Houston Nutt really bring a bunch of watermelons to practice one day? Also, I think Mingo is going to go beast mode as a freshman. What are you hearing on him as of late? First, yes, Houston Nut did bring watermelons to practice one day. Kentrell Lockett, my former regular co-host of Talk of Champions, was the one who told the story. It's 100% true. To your second question, I love Jonathan Mingo. Outside of Jerrion Ely, he's probably my favorite player in the incoming class. He's impressed in the summer, as almost everyone does. You never hear someone having a bad summer. They're going to keep that under wraps. But Mingo, there's been a lot of praise for him. Um, But he's certainly one of those players I'll be keeping my eye on in fall camp. He's got the potential, I think, better than any incoming freshman receiver to make an immediate impact. And he's wearing number one. So he better be ready from jump. If you're going to wear Quan's number and A.J. Brown's number, you better be ready to go. I think he can be a starter as early as the season opener against Memphis, assuming he picks up on the offense relatively quickly. What about you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think Mingo, the, the table is set for him to be really, really good right away. There's obviously Elijah Moore's there, Braylon Sanders is there. You know, they've, they've got a little bit of experience returning, but obviously they're looking for somebody to step up and be awesome right away. And I think if Mingo really can handle that role, like you said. Learn the offense. There's, it's there for the taking for him. There's nobody blocking his way.
1: Beham Ole Miss Club at Beham Rebel Club. How do C and Miller look at practice? If C is more like Bruce Stevens from a production standpoint, will the team still be able to make a good NCAA tournament run? The practices I viewed a couple of weeks ago were before Hadim C arrived on campus, so I don't know much or have much of a report on him yet. I'll get one this week, I think. But C is a far superior athlete to Bruce Stevens. I can't see any way in which he produces at a Bruce Stevens level.
2: Yeah, Bruce Stevens, I mean, I haven't seen the practices either. But Bruce Stevens kind of came on like a lot of JUCO guys do. I think he became sort of the best version of himself down the stretch. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, obviously if, if Old Miss is wanting to do more than it did in year one, they're, they're wanting more production from that, yeah. especially on the defensive end.
1: There's just no way that with his athleticism and overall talent, he produces even close to what Bruce Stevens was at his best on his best day. See, he'll give them more than Bruce Stevens ever could, even if it's just from a rim protection, rim protection and rebounding standpoint, he's a better all around Um, all-around player around the rim score, more proficient from three. They're going to be an NCAA tournament team, and C will be a big reason why. He's ready today. Don't forget, he started games for Virginia Tech. He's not a straight-up JUCO enrollee. And as far as Miller goes, in my limited viewing of him in practice, he wasn't limited in any way because of his injury. He was a full participant, showed good burst going to the rim, outside shooting, is still hit or miss, but I like his mid-range game. The most important thing for him is his health. His knee injury almost ended his career. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with him, but they finally solved the issue. At least they think they have. And he's positioning himself to potentially back up Devontae Shuler at point guard this season. That was the plan last year to, for him to be the backup point guard. So I think right now that's where he's headed. And that's a positive development for Ole Miss. B. Mitchell, 28. At BB Mitchell, 28. Does Battle or Gregory contribute in a big way this year? Or is it more likely that freshmen Mingo and Jackson emerge? Miles Battle is currently listed as a starter on the two-deep depth chart, and that's not by default. If you remember, he was wide receiver coach Jacob Peeler's favorite receiver coming into the 2018 season. The 2018 signing class, that was his favorite receiver, the guy he most coveted. He just needed a year to develop. I expect a really big leap from him. Um, And I wouldn't be surprised if he's the second most productive receiver after Elijah Moore when all is said and done. But as far as Gregory goes, I'll believe he produces when I see it. Not that I don't believe in the talent, but he's dealt with injury going on two-plus years now. And for now, he's nothing more than a lottery ticket. And like I said earlier, Mingo's my guy. Jackson has a chance. Both are going to get a chance when camp opens. But I love Mingo. Do you think Miles Battle has to take that jump? He has to at this point, right?
2: Well, they need them to. That's for sure. Again, like you're 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 wanting people to step forward. And, you know, last year there was obviously really good receivers that were blocking your way onto the field a lot of times. So now I I just think there's a lot of catches out there. There's a lot of opportunities, not just at receiver. We're talking about that a lot, but just all over the field. And again, I think that's why camp is so interesting this year.
1: The wide receivers are the most interesting group on offense, but the most critical group is the offensive line. We can talk all about Miles Battle coming on, but if they can't protect Matt Corral, they have no shot.
2: Yeah, because it's going to be hard enough for Matt Corral anyway. I mean, you know, I I think he has talent, but he's learning a whole new offense again in his second year in the program. You know, his head is going to be spinning in a lot of ways. Even without you know 300 pound people bearing down on him every play, so the the offensive line you probably know more about the depth than I do at this point, but I think it's I think they've got five or six guys that are pretty decent, but they need to improve and they need to stay healthy, or otherwise it could be it could turn into a long season really quickly.
1: How'd Matt Corral do at Media Days?
2: He was fine. He was really good, actually. You know, I, I think he came across as as competent, you know, and confident without being cocky if you understand what I'm saying I I thought he handled himself really well and uh you know I I thought it was interesting he was the only person at media only player at media days that was an underclassman it was either it was all juniors and said there wasn't even a sophomore there was just one freshman and then what that's three players for 14 teams so that's 42 players 41 were juniors and seniors and then there was Matt Corral
1: I didn't know Um, there was going to be math today but okay
2: well, you know, it, 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 you see, it took me a little while to walk through that simple. Took you multiplication. a second. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I thought Matt did really well. I, I talked with him for about 10 minutes or so when he was in the room. And I, I think that, again, it, it's a year in the SEC where there's a lot of proven commodities at quarterback. Um, you know, you think of obviously Tua and you think of Joe Burrow and Kellen Mond and Franks at Florida and Jake Fromm. I mean, almost every team seems to have a veteran guy. And uh, Ole Miss is one of the few places where they're really putting it on uh, a young guy to, to lead the roster. And I thought it was interesting that they believed so much in him that they would bring him to Hoover.
1: We'll get right back to the mailbag. But first, a quick word from Modern
2: Woodman. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your Modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America, touching lives, securing futures.
1: Back into the mailbag, Mitch Tidwell at Tidwell Mitch, do you think Ole Miss has the right nose guard to handle the A gap, the most important position in a 3-4? That's the million-dollar question for me, David. I'm a big believer in Benito Jones, but I view him more as a 3 tech than a nose guard because of his straight-line explosiveness and athleticism, but he's the most obvious candidate to handle the responsibility of nose guard. 61326 which is in the range enough for the typical nose guard size. He has to play there, really. He's not a fit as a 3-4 defensive end. As crazy as it sounds, Benito, who's a senior three- or four-year defensive lineman letterman, is the biggest question mark for me as Ole Miss heads into practices. I believe in him, but it's simply a matter of scheme fit.
2: Right, and I think that that's one thing that really there's multiple Multiple things obviously that change when you, when you switch from a four, three to a three, four, but that, that nose tackle position becomes a lot different and, a lot, and other things are expected. Can Benito make that, is he that type of player? And I'm not even necessarily saying that's good or bad, but can he handle that position? And, and I think that he's been a really solid player for three years. Um, You know, I, I think again, having somebody like McIntyre pulling out the best and having experience doing that over years. I like the chances of Benito Jones having a good season, but obviously we won't know until we see it a little bit.
1: Drew Williams at Wordistrew. How different is the 2014 season if Laquan Shredwell doesn't get hurt? Oh, my God, completely
2: different. (laughs) Completely different. First, they beat Auburn. I still think they lose... I was about to say, he catches that ball and they win that game. That, that's important.
1: I still think they lose at Arkansas, mainly because Fayetteville has been a modern-day house of horrors for Ole Miss. But they beat Mississippi State. Hell, they beat Mississippi State anyway. So they would have fallen a game short of Atlanta. But at worst, Arkansas becomes a toss-up with Laquan in the fold. And if they win that one, well, you know the rest. His injury, for all intents and purposes, ended the season. There was no coming back from that. You remember how deflated that Ole Miss team was when he went down?
2: Oh, yeah. No, that was that was one of the toughest things. You know, it, it was just it, it was not only that he was such a great player and he got hurt, but it was the timing. It was the letting the air out of everything. It, that was that that was a tough one. And and I think it really, you know, sometimes not all injuries are equal. And that was a tough one.
1: Ray at Ray and Fulton. Are any backup quarterbacks promising? I don't see how they can be, be viewed as anything but promising. John Rice Plumley, Grant Tisdale are a pair of four star signees. Tisdale was here for spring. Uh, Plumley is considered an ideal fit for Rich Rod's run, heavy spread variation. The question is would either of them, as well as Kincaid, Dent, for that matter, be ready if, God forbid, something happened to Corral early in the season? Tisdale, if the season started today, would be the number two quarterback. But I'm not sure, even with the extra snaps he got in spring, that he'd be ready. Omus needs Matt Corral upright for the entire season, but most assuredly for the first four games at least, because don't forget that freshmen are allowed to play and appear in four games and still redshirt. Plumley and Tisdale are gonna play. I like Plumley the most, but that is a concern, don't you think, to not have a veteran backup ready should anything happen to Matt Corral.
2: Oh, I mean, yes, that's a huge concern and I think and I talked with Matt Corral a little bit about this. It's just such an interesting dynamic in the quarterback room to have so many young players because usually, you know, there's a little bit of a you know, ideally at least there's a few upperclassmen, a a few freshmen, a few sophomores and and they're learning from each other, especially the young guys learning from the older guys, but instead, it's four young guys all essentially learning from each other and I think, you know, obviously for the offensive staff including Rich Rod, Every year you're always teaching, helping players learn how to grow. But I think the coaching is going to matter even more this year because I I, I don't think as much of it can be player led just because they don't have that experience yet. You know, when you've got when Matt Corral is your, your big experience guy with 22 career passes, obviously you, you need at least a little bit of the coaching to come from other places.
1: Coley Connor at C underscore con 88. What was your opinion of the interview with Longo where he claimed he was only allowed to run 60 to 65 percent of his offense at Ole Miss? I think it's textbook jaded ex-boyfriend girlfriend shit. In short, and not to exhaust the point, he wasn't limited at all. He had full autonomy over the offense. The bottom line is he knew when the season was over, he was on the chopping block. Luke didn't want to fire him only because of the money and the potential PR hit in coaching circles. Not amongst Ole Miss fans and the Ole Miss community, but in coaching circles, considering the gaudy between-the-20s numbers. But both parties wanted a split. Longo interviewed everywhere, head coaching jobs, other coordinator jobs. Fortunately for Luke, North Carolina bailed him out of making what would have been the decision he was trying to avoid. I have nothing but good things to say about Phil Longo as a person. I think he's a great guy. He was great to deal with. Nothing but respect. But as far as his 60 to 65% nonsense, that's baloney. He's in the honeymoon period with UNC. Rather than address the shortcomings of his offense, he scapegoats the place he left. But he should do that. He owes almost nothing. Ole Miss owes him nothing. They broke up. But call it what it is. It's nonsense. Best of luck to him. What did you think about it?
2: Yeah. I I mean, I obviously didn't know the internal dynamics of that staff, but that doesn't seem to ring very true. And, you know, at the end of the day, you are what the numbers say you are and what Longo's offense did at Ole Miss was it was really good when you had a lot of field to work with and they could get vertical, but it bogged down a lot in the 20s and it cost them some games probably. Um, And so you're, you're right. I mean, you know, people get irritated at each other it's time to move on. I, I think Phil Longo is a good coach. It may work out really well at North Carolina, but, you know, sometimes, you know, people say stuff.
1: Yeah, You say stuff and it's easy to say it about your ex. How many breakups have you had to where for the at least first year? <laughs> There's no good things to say. Eventually you become amicable. Sometimes you don't at all. But I think eventually Ole Miss and Phil Longo will get to an amicable place. But right now, yeah, blame it on the other person.
2: That's what you yeah, did. It's still a little raw. Well, exactly, you know, at at media days there was a little bit of a a stink about, you know, what some of the Alabama players said about the the Clemson loss, you know, that that they weren't really the better team, that they just didn't prepare very well. And I mean, it was it was nonsense. Clemson was obviously the best team that day, but that's what people say when you lose a game. You know what I mean? It's hard to say they were just better than us. Yeah, See, you say don't thing. say that. It's like, yeah, you say things like, oh, they just showed more heart. They wanted it more. I mean, how many times have we heard that cliche from like yeah. all levels? And that's essentially what they were saying. And it's
1: complete I, nonsense, I it. but that's what you say.
2: Right. That's what you say, because you're always trying to keep your confidence. You know, the Alabama machine rolls on. We had one bad day. We're fine. You know, Clemson got us that day. And I, I just think sometimes that's much ado of, about nothing I mean you know Phil Longo I'm sure as almost every coach is that makes it at a high level is very confident in his abilities has a little bit of an ego and some of its ego some of its there might be a hint of truth to some things but anyway that that's just what people say when things don't go well
1: Jared Robinson at Jared underscore r25 gonna get Madden 20 when it comes out absolutely not Madden has rolled out the same variation of that game for the last four years if not longer I'm done. Give me an immersive My Player similar to that of NBA 2K, or I'm never purchasing the game again. It's born and predictable. Do you still play Madden?
2: I don't. It's been a long time, actually. I, you know, back. What's the last video game you've played? The last video game I've played? I mean, yes. I, I play a decent amount on my PC all the time. You know, things like Rocket League and. I'm definitely pro video game. That's not the problem. Like I said, Rocket League and I I play some Counter-Strike now and again and stuff like that. Really, as far as sports games, MLB The Show is pretty awesome. But, you know, Madden. for some reason, I want to say around like 2000, there was a couple clunkers of versions around like 2009 or 10, and I just never really got into it again.
1: Yeah, I'm done with it. It's no fun anymore. There's nothing that keeps you immersed in the action. Nothing that allows me to put myself into the game, get drafted, all that fun stuff that I would enjoy. For some reason, they refused to give that to me. Long shot was kind of fun at first, but then it becomes a boring linear story, and I don't care about any of that. So, yes, I'm not. I'm done. I am done with Madden, not buying it anymore. Will Ruff, at Balfour underscore three, should Ole Miss and Memphis play every year, pros and cons? I've already shared my opinion of Ole Miss and Memphis playing every year. I don't want to rehash it, but no, they shouldn't. There's nothing to gain for Ole Miss. I'll let you take this one, DB. Um, The pros and cons of almost playing Memphis every year. Should the Rebels do it?
2: I don't like that. I mean, I like the fact that they play every once in a while. I think every three or four years, that's a good regional game. And and Memphis has had some good teams the last several years. Um, I I just think that those non-conference spots, you know, for games, that's just that's precious real estate. And I I don't really think you should, unless you've got a really natural non-conference rival, you know, like South Carolina Clemson or, you know, if Texas, Texas A&M decided to do it every year, Iowa, Iowa State, those make a lot of sense. But Memphis is not on that level. And that's not I'm not making fun of Memphis in that regard. I'm just saying that the rivalry between Ole Miss and Memphis, well, I think is decent and they should play every few years. You know, I I think you should mix it around and, and get some other teams in there.
1: It's predominantly one-sided is that rivalry. Memphis thinks it's a rival to Ole Miss as Ole Miss thinks it's a rival to LSU. But LSU doesn't lose sleep over Ole Miss and Ole Miss doesn't lose sleep over Memphis.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's no question that that game is bigger for Memphis than it is Ole Miss. I mean, any chance for Memphis to knock off a team from the SEC, sure, Ole Miss wants to beat Memphis. But yeah, I think the, the motivation factor, there's no question about that, is definitely on Memphis' side.
1: Jared Robinson at Jared underscore R25. Who has the better NFL career, Cam Akers or Jerry on Ely?
2: Oh, God. I think. Boy, we're kind of jumping the gun on that one. That's,
1: <laughs> I think Akers is going to be a better pro player than college player. And in college sports in general, we're more and always enamored by who's next compared to who's here. We don't know what Jerry on Ely is going to do. We don't know what type of player he is. I like his skill set a little more due to his ability um to run between the tackles, more of a pure runner, but predicting their pro futures, I'd probably lean right now to Cam Akers, only because I know what he is. I could see a team utilizing him in a way that showcases his skills. He's talented. Florida State was just the wrong choice for him. If you made me pick one now, Cam Akers. I know what they can do with him. I think he'll make an NFL roster.
2: You you took the words out of my mouth right there. I I just think that Akers is a little more of a known quantity and I I agree, you know, we've seen guys have You know, Ben Jarvis Green Ellis carved out a heck of an NFL career. You know, Brandon Bolden has had a lot of good years. And I I think there's no reason that if he gets on the right team and does the right, you know, Cam Akers could carve out a, a career that's similar.
1: Special teams. He can play special teams. Athleticism is there. He could be Brandon Bolden at worst.
2: Yeah. And that's how you break in with that. And then you get in that running back rotation. Who knows what happens? I mean, running back really is one of those spots that, you know, if, if, it's very obviously you've got to have some individual talent but there's not a lot of like adrian petersons out there that are just truly difference makers all by themselves you know there's there's guys that with good systems good offensive line uh can can have good years i think cam Akers certainly falls into that category
1: we'll get right back to the mailbag but first let me tell you about alan samuels chrysler dodge jeep ram of oxford and i'm not going to take long but this is a testimonial my wife's expedition was on its last legs i was tired of pouring money into a car that I didn't know how much longer it was gonna last. So I went over to Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, called him up first and said, guys, this is what I'm looking for. I'm accepting my lot in life. I am now a van dad. I need a minivan. Brian says, Ben, no problem. We've got the perfect car for you. It was a 2019 Chrysler Pacifica. And I know what you're thinking already. Wait, that probably cost you an arm and a leg. Your monthly payment has to be through the roof. Nope, they fit my budget. I didn't think I could afford that van, but they gave me a good fair trading value for the expedition and my monthly payment is better than I could have ever imagined as far as fitting into my monthly budget. I show up, it was waiting for me at the door. Mason opens up the door. I look inside, loaded up, leather, Sirius XM radio, Bluetooth, CarPlay, everything I was looking for in a car. I didn't even have to walk around the lot. That's the experience it can be for you. So if you're looking for a seamless car buying process, there's no other place to go. Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. And right now they got deals going on. If you're looking for the car, the truck, the Jeep that fits your family, that's exactly what you're looking for. I was looking for a Chrysler Pacifica. I got it. This is the only place to go. So go check them out. It's Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. They're at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's just past Kroger. You can give them a call at 662-234-8000. Tell them Talker Champion sent you. All right, Hunter Kenneberg, at Hunt Kenneberg, what's your favorite scary movie, Ben? I hate scary movies. I hate them. I usually can't stand them. But a couple of days ago, my wife and I sat down, night to ourselves, house to ourselves, kids were staying at our mom's, and we watched It. It is my favorite scary movie, the 2019 version. I can't stand scary movies, but I loved It. I loved It. I don't handle them well, yet I handled It. It was the Goonies with a bloodthirsty clown thrown in. The coming of age story worked for me and I'm not the target audience at all, but I loved it. And I can't wait to see it. Chapter two in theaters, something I would have never done. Do you have a favorite scary movie?
2: I may have to check that out because I'm the same way. I don't really, I, you know, my you would scary love it. movie. You would
1: love it. I know how you feel about 80s movies like the Goonies. You would love it.
2: that's cool. I'll have to check that out, because really, I I think the last scary movie I watched in the theater might be. And this is debatable whether it was scary, was like the Blair Witch Project or something like that. Wow.
1: (laughs) Wow. That dates the hell out of you, man.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, I was in high school. That was way back in the day. But yeah, it's just it's not like, hey, I got three hours of free time. Let's go see a movie that scares the poo out of me.
1: Murph the Smurf that surfs. At Murph Surf Murph, he has a lot of questions. Let's knock out all the questions and then we'll answer them. First, favorite haunted house. Second, favorite Mississippi urban legend. Third, your favorite moment that you wish they would have had in Harry Potter movies. Fourth, players that you think will be breakout stars in any Ole Miss sports. Five, basketball players in Hogwarts houses. Six, favorite town urban legend. And yeah, that's it. Six, six. I'll knock these out.
2: I was going to say, this is all you. He's a loyal
1: listener, and he always brings a lot of questions. I've never been to a haunted house, ever. Never once. Not even a local haunted house at, like, a fire department that you usually see in small towns like New Albany. I can't come up with a Mississippi urban legend off the top of my head. I don't even know if I know a Mississippi urban legend. I'm just boring. Um, The Hogwarts depiction in the movies I wish that they would have put in. That's easy. The Battle of Hogwarts, Astronomy Tower. Breakout stars in sports, football. And this is more of an inside joke than an actual prediction. And longtime podcast listeners will probably appreciate it if you do hit me up at Spirit Ben. Octavius Cooley. Basketball, Austin Crowley, baseball, Derek Diamond. And let's not go down the Hogwarts Houses rabbit hole again. That's played out. And I don't know any urban legends.
2: I feel like a failure. I knocked him out. Oh, yeah, I, I've Ole Miss never has a kid named Derek Diamond. Yes. He's a pitcher that's coming That's incredible. In. Yeah. Where did they get these kids? These names are amazing. Yeah. They're great. It's a perfect They're baseball amazing. name. You and amazing. It's are,
1: amazing. You and I are big fans of the baseball name. The baseball name Well, just name how matters. Ole Miss
2: has had them for years and years and years, and other schools sometimes do, but, man, actually State had some good ones this year, I, you know, like Gunner Halter. That's such a great name. Brett Basham. Yeah, Brett Basham, Logan Power, Evan CJ Button. Ketchum, Evan Button, Yeah, yeah. I mean, just great names, great names, even even Knox LaPoser, I thought was a good name. That's a good name. Knox LaPoser. LaPoser, is that how you say it?
1: My I've been saying LaPoser forever, too. I was corrected by you can guess who corrected me.
2: So start with a CNN with a Hayes Parham?
1: Yes. (laughs) He's the same person as Chase Parham that I started back covering baseball. I hadn't covered baseball in forever. And who was their old All-American closer? It was Jake something. I can't remember. Uh, Jake Morgan? Yes. See, again, I don't pretend to know about things that I'm not covering. So back then, I just got back into it, Jake Morgan. And I walked down on the field. We're doing one of those media ops where we're standing around waiting for Mike Bianco and the players to come talk to us. And this guy walks by, and I went, I reckon, who is that? And Chase explodes. That's Jake Morgan. Ole Miss All American closer. How do you not know Jake Morgan? Calm down.
2: That is Chase.
1: (laughs) That's him. Ty I am at a true rebel underscore ninety nine. I think we'll surprise a lot of people. At least defensively, I have a feeling that the offense will come. Will cost us some games. Many people believe, however, Missouri, despite having a bowl ban, will have a very good season. Are you as high on them as a lot of people are? I think they'll win a few games early and then drop games they're supposed to win due to discouragement from the ban. It all comes back to Kelly Bryant. David pointed this out in the last mailbag that we did. What else makes Missouri such a trendy pick, David? You know far more about the Tigers than I do.
2: You know, I I think they do have some experience returning on both sides of the ball. Barry Odom's a good coach. Really, in the East, especially, like outside of Georgia and Florida, it doesn't look like an amazing, you know, South Carolina, Tennessee are all right. Kentucky's rebuilding after the 10-win year. Vanderbilt's you know, obviously doesn't look like they're going to be a huge powerhouse this year. Um, You could just see a lot of wins for Missouri, especially if they get good quarterback play from Kelly Bryant. So I, that I do think the bowl ban is interesting because a lot of people are saying, and I have no idea, I don't know the ins and outs. I just read the reports on the the bandit Missouri actually has an okay chance to get that overturned. So if for some reason the news comes out you know right before the season starts i think players were saying the right thing as far as not getting their hopes up but i think they're getting their hopes up i mean because it seems like there's a decent and i think that could have a, a pretty big that could be a pretty big morale you know buster
1: Olmus Rebs at Olmus Sports 67 is Ole Miss going after Kelvin Joseph the defensive back transfer from LSU i haven't heard anything on Ole Miss pursuing Kelvin Joseph if they were, they'd want to keep it quiet. But most of the time, when a kid transfers, he's got his next stop already lined up. By the time he's hit the transfer por- transfer portal, it's too late. And if you haven't heard anything on Ole Miss and Joseph by now, it's because he's already headed somewhere else. It's already done. Another school got in there before anyone else knew he was leaving. Most likely, David Jackson at David J A eight eight six nine two two four. Change your na- name, dude. Change your at. It's terrible. Your handle is too long. How much better can the defense be compared to last year? Care to predict the outcomes of each non-conference game? Much better. Uh, actually, for the first time in years, the defense will be the strength of the team, in my opinion. They'll have to be. For better or worse, Ole Miss returns the most starters in the SEC on defense, while the offense returns the fewest. That's got to account for something. And I'm a big believer in Mike McIntyre. I think the coaching alone will make the defense at least a middle-of-the-pack unit. Uh, moves like Kadir Shepard to stand up outside linebacker should pay di- dividends. That suits him better than Shepard having his hand in the dirt on every snap. There's a lot to like. There's also a ton of question marks, and that uh, includes them not stopping anyone last season. I just think there's a real potential there. David, I think Ole Miss could be better defensively. You touched on this. I think there could be some improvement. You? Yeah. I mean, like you said, it has
2: Otherwise, this is going to be a a really probably long and painful year for Ole Miss fans. I I think there's an infusion of talent. I think there's an infusion of veteran coaching. I think you do have some experience experience back there. And so I I think you combine all those things. And I think there is reason to be confident that this can be, like you said, at, at least a middle of the pack SEC defense.
1: David's second question, care to predict the outcomes of each of the non-conference games? I think almost goes 2-1 and one against Memphis, Seelah, and Cal. They'll lose one of Memphis or Cal, if you made me guess right now. They'll obviously beat New Mexico State, so that's three wins. Now can they pick up three SEC wins? They only got one last year with some of the best offensive talent collectively in program history, so I don't feel particularly confident about any one SEC game, not even Arkansas. But I think right now, if you made me predict, they're going to go 3-1 and one in, the conference, in the non-conference schedule, though it could be better. Is there one non-conference opponent you think is most challenging for Ole Miss, David? Well,
2: I, I, that Memphis game just just looks kind of tough. Obviously, it's the opener. You're starting uh, a lot of new guys, and it's going to be in a – even though that's sort of a neutral side almost just because of where it's at, you know, it's going to be a tough environment. That's the one – yeah, I don't know a ton about Cal. Obviously, that's kind of a difficult game too, but I, I just think Memphis being at the beginning of the schedule, being at Memphis, we talked about the motivation – factor I think you factor in all those things and that one just seems dangerous
1: Tucker Italiano at Tucker Italiano David won't be able to answer this one I'll touch on this one biggest miss on the recruiting trail that would be a start on the current team and improve the team as a whole who Jacob Phillips who they would have landed had they pulled the trigger earlier in his recruitment Shai Carter Nicobe Dean Willie Gay Matt Womack this offensive line Daryl Henderson who's now in the NFL I'd probably go with Jacob Phillips. His entire recruitment was mishandled, in my opinion. Proto Man Monk at Proto Man Monk. What's the finishing order in a foot race of these former Rebel Sluggers? Will Allen, Sykes Orvis, Matt Snyder, and Stuart Turner. Stuart Turner, Will Allen, Matt Snyder, Sykes Orvis. I think Sykes Orvis is finishing last, no matter who's predicting that.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, that seems about right. I, I think that it, it would be pretty close between all the other guys, and, and Sykes is bringing up the rear.
1: Yeah, he was slow. He was slow. Hayden Tupman, at Hayden Tupman, what wide receiver that isn't currently on campus do you see as having potential to break out? Well, they're all on campus, but if you're talking about incoming freshmen, like I said earlier, I'm all in on Jonathan Bingo, which probably means he's a massive disappointment because the football prediction gods hate me. Larry Joe, is Game of Thrones really post-apocalyptic science fiction? I, I don't even want to get into this. I'm completely checked out on Game of Thrones. I don't even want to think about it, not in any context. It's too dispiriting for me. That's why I haven't finished The Night is Dark and Full of Spoilers with Maester Daniel. One more episode left, one left to go, and yet I can't bring myself to do it, and neither can Maester Daniel. I don't want to theorize, nothing. My watch has officially ended. Bake Reb, any chance we still get in on Chester Graves? God bless you, Bako Reb. Cole Woods, at ColeMiss22. Do you know of any realistic ideas to make late June, July, and August more entertaining for sports fans? That's a great question. I've got nothing. Give me something, David.
2: Uh, get into Major League Baseball.
1: Yes. Even though the Braves are playing the Royals for two tonight and tomorrow, yes, yes, Major League Baseball.
2: The Braves are fun. You're even watching the Braves, right? The Braves are fun. Absolutely, I watch the Braves. It's he, used good to
1: team. Fun team. he used to pretend like he was a Braves fan. He's not.
2: I never pretended to be anything. I wasn't. I like the Braves. I But I, was I let you know early on about my allegiances to the Cardinals from my time growing up. I was misled. I was misled. <laughs> <laughs> you probably were talking instead of listening. That was the problem.
1: Yeah, I never do that. Kirk, at Old Dinky, last one, how's that Chrysler Pacifica treating you? I bought it at Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Gave me a great deal. It's been amazing. I freaking love it. I love it more than my wife loves it. She never wanted to be a van mom, but it's the best car I've ever bought, and I've bought four now. I love it. I am totally all in on being a van dad. Are you a van dad?
2: I am not. We've got a, a truck and a uh, HRV. Oh, okay. Well, fine. Forget so it's kind of like a hatchback slash SUV sort of thing. Oh,
1: a last minute entrant into the mailbag. The last question came in right when we we're wrapping up this podcast, Dakota Wills, At D. Wills 56, do you think Rich Rod – ooh, here's one for you to finish it out. Do you think Rich Rod will have the opportunity to become the head coach at Ole Miss?
2: Uh, Ooh, that's a tough one. That's kind of a loaded question. Um, I'm I'm going to say no because I wouldn't be surprised if Ole Miss has a decent year on that side of the ball and if Rich Rod has possibly – some head coaching opportunities after this year. I don't think Ole Miss makes a move on Matt Luke this year, no matter really what happens. So I'm going to say no.
1: He's David Brandt at David Brandt AP. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. The podcast brought to you by BNA Bank, the Modern Woodman Mailbag. Also, before we get out of here, let me tell you real quickly about the Oxford Park Commission and Cheney's Pharmacy. The Oxford Park Commission is currently registering for youth flag football in the fall baseball season. Leagues are open for ages six to twelve in football. And six to fifteen in baseball. Cost to sign up for football is fifty dollars, while it's just forty dollars for baseball. Each sport will be played at FNC Park. For more details, visit www.oxfordparkcommission.com. That's www.oxfordparkcommission.com. For all your pharmaceutical needs, Cheney's Pharmacy is the place to go. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally-owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give them a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney's Pharmacy com cheney's pharmacy much more than just a pharmacy this has been talk of champions i'm ben garrett at spirit been on twitter he's david brant before we leave what are you working on right now bud
2: oh just getting getting football going man that's like i said you get a couple days right here but you know camp previews are coming up and preseason and all that stuff so i just all football all the time the next four months or so
1: well i see you in oxford next week
2: you will. I oh, will be there. What okay. media day is what? August 1st? Yes. Yes. Then I will be there.
1: Are we going to get lunch at Proud Larry's or something? Yeah, wherever you want.
2: Don't lie to me. You know the good spots. Okay. You know the good spots. Thank All you, right. buddy. I appreciate it. Take care, Ben. Thanks. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade or at least grab an extra latte.